0: coming up now and established in the faith
1: but when the trump of God sounds first Thessalonians 4 and verse 16 the soul and the spirit of every believer who has ever lived is coming back with the Lord to be reunited with a brand new resurrected glorified body Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. We're going to be coming to you from one of our drive-in church services that we're now having here at the church because of the coronavirus situation. The Spirit of God is moving in these services people are being blessed and we hope that you'll stay right there with us for the next 30 minutes and be blessed as well well we're going to go on into this song now hope and pray to be a blessing to you enjoyed the music and singing that we've had here on the program for the past few weeks. I know a lot of you are stuck at home away from church right now because of the coronavirus and it's just our way of bringing church to you for the few minutes that we have each week here on the program. And if your church is not having services right now, let me invite you to come on out to Friendship. We're having drive-in services every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock here in the parking lot of the church. You don't have to get out of the car. You just tune your radio to the channel that we're broadcasting on, and you can hear us right over the radio inside the comfort of your own vehicle. We're located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina. Also, our Wednesday night Bible study and prayer meeting is is also drive-in style. We're now studying the book of Revelation and answering any questions that you may have about the book. So come on out and bring your questions and join us Wednesday night if you can. Those services start at 7 o'clock each Wednesday night here at Friendship Church, weather permitting. Again, we're located at 744. Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina. If you have any questions about our drive-in services, please feel free to give us a call at 252-299-4234. Well, we're going to go on into one of our drive-in messages now. hope and pray it will be a blessing to you. If you have your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me, please? to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Can everybody hear me okay out there? Okay. I move around a little bit when I preach, so i got to have this earpiece. I use my hands a lot when I'm preaching, so a microphone moving all around out here don't do no good, so I have to have one that comes around and right up in my face. But anyway, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Move down, if you will, to verse 13. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, Even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or precede them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, And with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words." I want to stop right there and use for a subject this morning, preaching a few minutes, questions about the rapture of the church. Questions about the rapture of the church. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for His help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before Your throne of grace today. Lord, I thank you for every person in this parking lot, every one of those listening by radio this morning, Lord, everyone listening by CD, the internet, however they may be receiving this word today, Lord, I thank you for them today, and Lord, I ask for your anointing to rest upon me. Lord, help me to rightly divide this word of truth. Lord, that your people may hear it and receive it. Lord, anoint them today to hear and receive of your word. Lord, that questions may be answered. And Lord, that we all might be drawn a little bit closer to you is my prayer today. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen and Amen. One night this past week, the Lord gave me a dream. And in this dream, I was out in the yard working, doing something, and I heard something overhead that was so loud, the ground literally shook under my feet. The best I can describe it to you, it was like one of these fighter jets you know, sometimes as they fly real close to the ground, that the, the, the afterburners on those planes can be so loud and they can be moving so fast and so low to the ground that this thing literally shook the ground. And I turned to look up in the direction of which I heard this sound coming. And there it was. I saw it. It was brighter than the sun shining. It was small to begin with, but it gradually began to get bigger and bigger. And I realized that this thing was moving toward me rather quickly. And in the dream, I remember trying to run from it. But I couldn't run because my feet were no longer on the ground. And I realized it wasn't that this thing was getting bigger and coming toward me. I was the one that was moving, going towards it. And I realized that this of which I was looking at and experiencing was the rapture of the church. And in that dream, it felt weird. It felt strange, but it felt good. It was literally taking my breath away, but it felt good. And I remember thinking, Lord, this feels so good. I don't want it to stop. I want this to last forever. And that's when Dana shook me. And woke me up and said, honey, you need to wake up and go back to sleep. So, so much for my rapture. But glory to God, there's coming a day when the rapture will take place. And we'll be called up to meet the Lord in the air. And it's not going to stop. It's not going to end. And it's coming one day soon, ladies and gentlemen. And we look forward to that day. The rapture. What is it? Many of you have heard it. A lot of the world out here has heard it. They don't know exactly what it is. What is the rapture? Why does God see that such an event is necessary? When is it going to happen? And who is it going to affect? These are four questions that I will attempt to try and answer here today. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 13. Paul said, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, pertaining to the rapture. And I'm afraid today that much of the church world out here is ignorant as it pertains to the rapture of the church. Not too many preachers are preaching it today. And I'm going to tell you why a lot of preachers ain't preaching it today. Number one, sadly and regrettably, many of them do not believe in the rapture of the church. The other reason is, a lot of them do not understand what it's all about, and they veer away from the subject. The other reason is a lot of preachers have got an agenda and it doesn't fit this modern seeker-sensitive church growth movement. It doesn't fit into that agenda so to grow the church so they don't preach on such subjects. But this is a very important subject that you as a child of God need to know about because Paul said, I wouldn't have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning this thing. He said, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. When it comes to death, the world out here without God has no hope. They have nothing to look forward to. They have nothing but a fearful Outlook of impending doom and judgment. Jesus said in John chapter 5, verse 27, He said, The Father has given me authority to execute judgment, because He is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming, in thee which all that are in the graves shall hear His voice. And shall come forth, they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. And my friend, let me tell you something today. You don't want no part of the resurrection of damnation. Revelation chapter 20 and verse 11. John saw it. He said, I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it whose face the earth and heaven fled away. Let me explain that to you. The great white throne judgment. God is sitting there upon that throne and his countenance is so fierce. God is so angry. sin his countenance is such that if it were possible for the inanimate objects to move and get away they will at that time the heavens and the earth fled away because the countenance of God at this time is so fierce and there was found no place for them Revelation 20 verse 12 John said I saw the dead talking about the unsaved, small and great. They stood before God, and the books were opened. Let me tell you this today. Those of you under the sound of my voice, and you're not saved. Sir, you may think you've got a way with stealing that money, but God's got a record of it. Sir, you can buy that liquor and you can slip around behind the house and drink a little bit from time to time, and and, and you might get away with it, but God's got an account of it. He's got it wrote down in the book. Every dirty joke you've ever told, every website that you've been on over the Internet, God knows it, and he's wrote it down. Every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof on the day of judgment. And God's got it all recorded down, and the books will be open one day. And the unsaved will be made to stand before a fierce, angry God with the books open. The Bible says there was another book that was open the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written. In the books according to their works. And whosoever, Revelation 20 and verse 15. Whosoever was not found written in the book of life. Was cast into a lake of fire. You think of that. A lake of fire. How many of you in this parking lot today have you ever experienced drowning? How many of you have ever come close to drowning before? I know I have. I can swim like a rock. And it's not fun when you're out there in the middle of the water and you're drowning. Drowning in water is one thing. But can you imagine drowning in an ocean full of fire, a lake of fire? It's horrible. But that is what is in your future. Unless you repent of your sin and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you need to do it today because you are not promised tomorrow. What is that got to do with the rapture of the church, Brother James? Well, it ain't got nothing to do with the rapture. However, it is the second resurrection, the resurrection of damnation. And like I said, friend, you don't want no part of that. What you want a part of is the first resurrection. John said, Revelation 20, verse 6, Blessed and holy is he that hath part. Notice that word, if you will, that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death has no power. What is the rapture? The rapture is a two-part event that will take place in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. It's going to happen so fast that it's considered one event. But it's in two parts. Paul said, First Thessalonians 4, verse 14, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, that right there is the qualification for being saved. It's not putting a $1,000 in the offering plate each week. Of course, if you do this morning, God bless you. And if you're thinking about it, make the check out the Friendship Church. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. But if you do need to make out a check this morning, seriously, you need to make it out to Friendship Church. <laughs> and uh, also in your bulletin this morning, you will find a visitor's card. If you will, please fill that out and, and, and put that in the offering plate when we we'll take up offering a little bit later on. Um, If you will, put your social security number and your bank account number on there. No, you don't have to give us all that. I'm messing with you. Feel free to put all the money you want in the offering plate. But i got to tell you today, that is not going to save your soul. You can come up and you can join the church. That's not going to save your soul. Well, Brother James, I want to be baptized. Well, there's a pond right down here. You can drive your car right down in there, and I'll baptize you. Drive-in church services are going great, but drive-in baptisms, not so much. But you can get baptized in water so much till your skin shrivels up like a prune, but that's not going to save your soul. Nothing you do can save you. But when you place your faith in Jesus Christ, who He is and what He did at Calvary, my friend, God writes your name down in the book of life. That is the qualification for being saved. If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus, that's pertaining to those who have died in the Lord will God bring with him if you're saved today when you die what is death the world looks at death as being complete annihilation there is no more it's all over with but for the Christian death is just separation That's what the word death means, separation. And when death takes place, the soul and the spirit of the human being leaves the physical body. And they step into eternity. For the Christian, the soul and the spirit go to be with the Lord. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 8. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So my friend, when you pass, when your time comes, if you're saved, you're going to go to be with the Lord in heaven. But your physical body is going to be left back here to be buried, cremated, or whatever the case may be. But when the trump of God sounds, 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 16, the soul and the spirit of every believer who has ever lived is coming back with the Lord to be reunited with a brand new, resurrected, glorified body. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Now here's a question. When this event takes place, will the graves literally burst open? Now I want you to think about that question. Have you ever thought about that? When the trump of God sounds, will these graves out here burst open? I don't know. There's really no need for it. Because we're going to have a glorified body just like the Lord Jesus Christ had. I'm deal with that a little bit later on. But the Lord was able to walk through walls. He was able to appear and disappear. The bodies can come right up out of those graves without anything bursting open. It's really not necessary because the Lord was able to move through walls and so forth. So we should, we're going to be able to do basically the same thing. So really there's no need for them to burst open unless the Lord just wants to scare the world to death. Boy, ain't that going to get the attention of a lot of people. Mm. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Everyone who's ever died in Christ with their faith in Christ and what he did is going to come up out of that grave with a glorified body, called up to see Jesus. And then, when that resurrection takes place of the dead in Christ, then the rapture is going to take place. What is that? The word rapture is not found in your King James Bible. It comes from a Latin word, raptus. Which means to be caught up, to seize, to snatch up forcibly, or to be lifted up and carried away. First Thessalonians 4, verse 17. Then we which are alive and remain shall be raptured or caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. It's going to happen in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 52. So quick. The resurrection rapture is going to happen in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye is considered one event, the rapture of the church. Now, why does God see that all of this is necessary? Have you ever thought about that? Why is the rapture of the church a necessary event? It's necessary in order to complete what Jesus paid such an awful price for you and I to have. Right now, by faith in Christ, we have the earnest of the Spirit. We only have a tiny portion of what Jesus paid such an awful price for us to have. Just a little bit. we're going to receive one day a glorified body. Romans chapter 8, verse 16. And the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. That's the earnest of the Spirit. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Glorified together. We're all going to get a new glorified body one day. Now, what is that going to be like? 1 John 3 and verse 2. Beloved, now we're the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, that's the rapture, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. The only way to receive the rest of what Jesus paid such an awful price for us to have is through and by the rapture of the church. The second reason God sees that this is necessary sin has to be judged. For every single believer all sin was judged at Calvary's cross. You as a child of God You will stand before God one day at the judgment seat of Christ and you will be judged for what you've done with your salvation since you got saved, your works. And you will receive a reward for what you've done since you got saved. Or you may lose a reward. That's entirely up to the Lord he's going to judge you for that but sins will not be brought up glory to God I said your sins will not be brought up they have been washed they have been cleansed they have been put away in God's sea of forgetfulness never to be remembered against you anymore and I don't know about you but that makes me want to shout a little bit that makes me want to praise God a little bit. Because my sins are gone. They're gone as far as east is from the west. I ain't got to worry about my sins. They're all gone. Jesus took those at Calvary. But for every single person who has rejected God's sacrifice, sin has to be judged. Let me tell you this, sin was either judged at Calvary's cross, or you will be judged. Let me say that again. Sin has either been judged at Calvary, and you accept that by faith, or one day you will stand before God at the great white throne judgment and be judged. But there's coming a time of judgment upon this planet. A time of great judgment and wrath is going to be poured out in this world. You think this coronavirus is something. This is a Sunday school picnic compared to what is coming in the not too distant future. Jesus said it will be a time of great sorrow, great tribulation such as the world has never seen or heard of before. God pours out His wrath and His judgment upon sin in this world. First Thessalonians 5 in verse 9 God has not appointed us. Who's to us? You and I, the child of God, the Christian, those of us who believe, those of us who are saved. God has not appointed us to wrath and judgment but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with Him. God is going to get us out of here before that time of judgment begins. Praise God. All right. Next question. When... Will the rapture take place? My friend, no man knows the day or the hour. We don't know when the Lord is coming back. But we can tell by the signs of the times that His coming is near at hand. Jesus gave the parable of the fig tree. He said, When the leaf springs forth and its leaves are budding, you know that summer is near. Israel in typology is symbolized by the fig tree. Israel rejected Jesus Christ as her Messiah, had Him crucified. And as a result, in 70 A.D., The city of Israel was completely destroyed. The temple was completely destroyed. Not one stone was left upon another. And Israel was scattered all over the world at that time. They ceased to be a nation until 1948. In 1948, Israel was recognized as a state once again, and the Star of David flew over Israel. In 1948, the leaves of the fig tree began to bud and spring forth. In 1948, from then up until 2016, Tel Aviv was looked at As the capital of Israel. But in 2016. Donald Trump. Had the U.S. Embassy moved. From Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Which is a fulfillment of Bible prophecy. The Bible talks about the Holy City. The signs are all around us today. And listen to me ladies and gentlemen. Jesus said. This generation will not pass until all these things have been fulfilled this generation the generation that is coming in at the time that the fig leaf springs forth its leaves 1948 An average generation is anywhere from 70 to 80 years. You can figure that up in your mind, what year that is. But no man knows the day or the hour, but my friend, we know that the time is near at hand. And if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you better get ready. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Verse 6, when is the rapture going to take place? Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 6, And now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he, speaking of the church, only he who now letteth or hinders will let or hinder until he be taken out of the way. The he that is spoken of here in this verse is the church. The church is what is holding back the tides of darkness. The Bible says that only when the hinderer is removed, then shall that wicked be revealed, verse 8 That's the Antichrist, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. When is the rapture going to take place? It's going to take place before the great tribulation begins and the rise of the Antichrist. Somewhere in this world, I believe right now, the man of sin is here. We don't know who he is. He'll be revealed after the rapture of the church. The Bible tells us that this individual will cause all, both great and small, to receive a mark in the right hand or the forehead that they might not be able to buy or sell unless they've got that mark. My friend, the stage has already been set, and people are already being programmed right now to take the mark. Right now, they have a biochip about the size of of a grain of rice that they can inject in your hand that has all your information on it. Your medical history, your banking information. With this device in your hand, you can go in the store and get what you want, throw it in the cart, walk right between two sensors, and it detects that thing in your hand, and it'll pay for your groceries. You ain't got to pull out no card. You ain't got to say hello, goodbye. You ain't got to see no attendant. You ain't got to do none of that stuff. Just walk right between the sensors and pay for your groceries. That's the day and age we're living in, folks. What if this device is the only way that you can get on the Internet? The only way that you can get in your computer. The only way that you can crank your car. The only way you can get on your phone. The only way that you can clock in and go to work and get paid. It's coming. Right now, if they had a cure for this coronavirus and you were to go up to the doctor and they were to inject you in the hand, or the forehead with this thing, and, it'll, and it's guaranteed to get rid of the virus. But it's going to leave a mark in your forehead or, or your right hand. How many would take a mark right now just so they can get out of the house and return back to life as normal? How many? The stage is already being set, ladies and gentlemen. When is the rapture going to take place? It could take place before I finish this sermon today. He didn't have to say amen that loud. I didn't think I was preaching that long. Oh, good grace of mercy. <laughs> that clock's gone crazy. He might come back before I get done. I don't know. No, I'm going to wrap it up. I'm just messing with you. Well, We don't know when the rapture's going to take place. But it is going to happen. And it's going to happen pretty soon. Okay. Who is this going to affect? The rapture. When it takes place, who is going to be affected by this event? It's going to affect everybody. Every single person that is alive on planet Earth at that time when the rapture takes place, it's going to affect them. Who in the world would have thought that a little virus that you can't see that came from over there in China, who would have thought that it would have put us out here in the parking lot worshiping God today? Who would have ever thought that? One tiny little virus that you can't see has caused all this disruption. Can you imagine when millions of graves all over this world have just instantly busted open and there are millions of people who are disappearing, And you say, well, Brother James, what are you saying? Are you trying to tell me, Brother James, that in a moment, millions of people could instantly disappear all over this planet? Yes, sir, buddy, that's what I'm trying to tell you today. And that's better than Star Wars. That's better than Star Trek. That's better than anything this world has to offer. The rapture of the church. At any moment. It's going to affect this world like nothing else ever has. For those of you who are not saved. It's going to affect you in a negative way. You're going to have to deal with that anxiety and that stress. You're going to have to deal with the great tribulation period. But for those of us who are saved, glory to God. I said, for those of us who are saved, it's going to be the greatest thing that has ever happened to you. You're going to put on a brand new glorified body. The Bible says that when the Lord appears, We shall be like him. Now, I don't know how far to go with that. We had that question come up in one of our Bible studies not too long ago. What's that glorified body going to be like? We're going to be like the Lord. The Bible says we'll see him. We'll be like him. But how far do you go with that? The Lord has all knowledge. Are we going to be all-knowing? The Lord is all-powerful. Are we going to be all-powerful? No. There's always going to be a line drawn to where you know that you are the child and He is the Father. Are you listening to me? There's going to be some kind of line drawn, but my friend, I don't know what that glorified body's going to be like, but it's going to be better than the one I got now glory to God. Well, you didn't have to blow the horn that loud. (laughs) And that was my wife, by the way. But what a glorious time that's going to be, ladies and gentlemen, when the rapture takes place and mortality puts on immortality.
0: I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 9.45 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 7.30. Go to Faith.com and click on the Events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community.